Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back, everybody. We are, we often talk about healing here on these podcasts because a lot of us have things that have happened in our lives, traumas, many different things that we heal from, many different modalities to do that. Interestingly, people sometimes turn to dance and on the surface, a lot of people think that, oh, well, that's just a form of expression or I want to be part of a production. But no, it's also a part of healing. And she's all a part of that and more. She's the executive and artistic director of Dance Entropy. And it's located in the New York area. Valerie Green is back with us. Hi, Valerie. How are you? Hi, Steve. I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Good to have you back here. I know that you've been teaching dance, choreography, movement, all of that. And... For many years, many, many years, uh, we started talking about the healing connection last time we got together. Uh, let's Can we go deeper into that and how dance and even your studio, your space, your green space can help people heal? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, it is a bit of a journey, so I'd like to, I guess, start you know, at the beginning because I think it's uh, an interesting story. Please. Yeah. And then, you know what? I love, I love backstories. I love people's stories because it's, we learn a lot from them. We really do. Yeah. So how did it begin for you in this journey? So for me, I, um, started to explore how movement creation can be a response to one's current situation um, primarily starting with my work in the Balkans overseas. And uh, what brought me there is my background. I'm Serbian. My mother is from Serbia, which is a part of the former Yugoslavia. And for me, uh, growing up as a daughter of an immigrant parent was very confusing in some ways. My identity was, uh, I really felt culturally Serbian, but I was American. Uh, I, I had a lot of confusion surrounding this. So the war in the former Yugoslavia brought up a lot of questions as to why there's all these different people that are fighting. And obviously, I do movement, I teach, I perform, I choreograph, and I wanted to do this work in the Balkans as a way to better understand all these different ethnic groups. So I spent many years sort of starting in... Um, 1998 through 2006 about exploring, making work, creating dances, teaching, performing throughout all the countries of the Balkans in an effort to understand identity. And a lot of the people are from war-torn nations, and they don't get along. But what I found was is that we could all meet in the space of exploring our body and expressing our body. And I was creating improvisation and choreography classes and dance works that were a response to the now of these people, you know, what was coming up for them, what they were experiencing. And so that was kind of the beginning of my path into more, which I can pause for a second if you'd like to engage with that, because then it leads on to the, the journey continues, but in case you wanted to ask anything about that. Uh, I love it, Valerie. You know, it's one thing, one thing I've learned when it comes to music, and it's the same thing with expression, artistic in expression. 
doesn't matter in the language, doesn't matter any of that. We all come together. We have a common ground when it's the arts or anything artistic. You, know, you could listen to a song. I've done it many times before in a different language. And at first it's a little, you know, it's a little unusual for a moment. And then after a while, I don't even realize that I'm not hearing the lyrics or understanding. I'm getting the feeling and the vibe. And I believe it's the same when it comes to even dance and, and movement and it seems that way, what you were talking about, with you have different cultures, uh, people don't necessarily get along, but do you feel it is that common that, that common goal and bind that brings people together? Yeah, we all have bodies, right? So yeah. we have that in common. And I, it's, it's sort of like dance and movement transcends differences in some ways. So uh, what I found was I was then moving around many different countries around the world, sort of doing the same kind of process, similar processes. And I noticed that I was building a way of working, and I started to call it an expressive movement. And then that segued to New York uh, work, which included, um, well, you know, let me do more of this to work with different people who are experiencing different things uh, from just, um, you know, general public to senior citizens, I've worked with people um, of all differing abilities, and it's in the same vein of the same exploration of expressive movement. So it continued to form and build, and then uh, I think it was about 2013, I had made this dance called Skimming the Surface, Fragments of Collective Unconscious, and it very much seemed to be about trauma, and it came out of me, but it seemed much larger than me in my life experiences. Um, obviously, it's connected to me, but I felt like something greater was channeled through me and that I was supposed to share it. And so I took this dance and I decided that I wanted to invite not-for-profit organizations to my venue, Green Space, in Long Island City to watch this dance and then have a movement workshop and a discussion. So I brought in... Um, women from work release programs, substance abuse centers, homeless shelters, halfway houses, very varied populations dealing with trauma. And the program was very successful. And um, I wanted to keep sort of developing and exploring that program. So it started to then turn into me going to these different sites I also went to Rikers Island and worked with inmates there in different divisions, into psych wards, and really diverse amount of populations that are struggling with various forms of trauma, and expanding the skimming the surface workshop, which I then titled the workshop off of the dance, and using movement as a way to express and heal. Um, so there's more, but I'll pause for a second to let you sure. chime in. I told you it was a story. No, and it's, and it's a fabulous story. So when you created this, how do you draw people in to dance and express? And where I'm going with that is these people, are they, were they looking to dance or did this start fresh for them? Like they had the, the aha moment because you exposed them to it and they said, oh, wait a minute. No, it's not about them like dancing or being dancers. It okay. was an, an offering to other not-for-profits that I had received funding from the New York, uh, from New York City and 
to offer basically an outreach opportunity for their population. So they were coming for an experience that they knew was related to dance and healing. Got it. And what I think was so successful about that sort of package was that the dance was so expressive and very deep and intense that the audience was like, wow, that they really connected to what the dancers were offering and sharing. And when these mostly women, you know, finished watching the performance, I think they've really felt ready to dive into themselves and experience their own bodies. It created some sort of permission, I think, that the dancers sort of did this, like, it's about a 25-minute or so performance that I think it gave, the, it gave them permission to experience themselves, to have the desire to experience themselves. They really connected with the work. I could see just the way you know, they were interacting in the audience as they watched. And they were ready to have you know, their bodies move and release some of their own emotions. And then we talked about it after. So mm. I think it was very new to mostly all of them and not something that they would experience, number one, maybe not even seeing modern dance or knowing what it is, um, you know, coming to a venue and seeing it, having a sort of movement workshop. For most people, like 99%, it was a new experience. So let's make sure I, I have this right. You, you created this series or program. Mm -hmm. The dancers were, were they... I don't want to say professional dancers. Were they part of a troupe, or were they others um, who discovered dance to heal? But in that, in those, and their performance inspired others from the audience to do the same exact thing. I'm just trying to get you know. Yeah. So okay. no, I just to um, refresh. I have my own professional dance company, so it was dance yeah. entropy company members that were performing the dance. Gotcha. And it's a piece of my repertory, so I have ongoing dancers. Got it. Okay. So and then when we have those people in the audience watching that have gone through uh, a lot of challenging things in their lives. Um, did it inspire them to to do the same thing? Is that where we're going? Where did... It inspired them to participate in the movement workshop, and okay. I then led this expressive movement workshop to then explore releasing their own emotions through movement in that... a guided process. Got it. Direct. Totally got it. And, yeah, I just wanted to be clear. I, under, I understood it. I just wanted to confirm it. I wasn't saying that those people watching in the audience were... Uh, looking to become performers on stage and do dance. No, it inspired them to uh, express their movement and then deal with it and talk about it. So that being said, Valerie, what was that like after, after they emerged from movement somewhere in the workshop and then the discussion afterwards? It had to, I got to imagine for some, it was pretty emotional at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. It was a tremendous experience. It was very deep and profound to be offering this opportunity to the people that were coming. Um, I was very moved by the whole experience. I felt it very deeply that I was a part of creating this opportunity and offering it. Um, I think it was also very deep for my dancers as well yeah. to be a part of it. I want to ask you right there at that, that, that moment, I don't mean to, to, to jump in there, but sure. how did that make you feel? Did you turn around and say, after experiencing what they experienced, did you say to yourself, wow, this is, this is awesome, what, what we created? Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah, I just needed to sort of be alone after each event for a bit to just process it because they're really traumatized individuals coming into the space, sharing space with my dancers and myself. And it just was a very profound experience for me sure. to share the space, lead the space, have these women open up. And I I found it very fulfilling, and I wanted to do more of it. And so that sort of segues into like, well, I'm doing this in the container of movement, because that's what I know. I know the body, I know movement, but I'm not trained in the mind, and I need more training in the mind. And, you know what's so um, funny? I was just thinking the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And and we went and we, we, the way you did it was that these people express themselves physically, but then also verbally, emotionally, mm-hmm. where if somebody's just going to therapy, nothing wrong with that. It's fantastic. Um, it's a, it's a, a different expression where you just let your body go in, on, on, in your space with the movement. Um, so yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off there again, but no, that's, that's okay. It's, yeah, it's exactly. So I realized like I'm doing this, but I need, I need more education mm. because I'm doing something big here and I need to have more tools. I mean, not that anything happened that I wasn't able to hold, but, you know, I needed to be able to hold what came into the room. And so I I didn't want to do a dance therapy to masters. That didn't resonate for me. And I basically I asked the universe, I don't know what it is that I need to learn, but I asked if the universe would bring it to me. And uh, I maybe a year, it did, it brought it to me. I had heard about, and we talked about a little bit this um, last time, I had heard about the modality of core energetics through a friend um, who even gave me a book about it, and I read it in about 2008, and it was interesting, but I think I wasn't ready for it. And then um, I had another friend who was doing some of the work and was talking about it. I was like, oh, this sounds familiar. Um, and it dawned on me that this is what I heard about years, like almost 10 years earlier. And I took it as a bit of a message and a calling that I was supposed to explore what this modality was. And it was a, at a difficult time in my life where I needed support. And I went to some offerings, and I just didn't understand what it was exactly. And when I, when I did a little bit more of it, and it sort of blew my mind, and I knew that was what the universe was bringing me to learn. And then... I started doing that work and then eventually joined a four-year training program to become certified practitioner, and I wanted to do it, as I said last time, to be a better human and help heal myself, but also to do this skimming the surface work better. And um, that really did impact that work greatly, and which then also segued to just not doing the skimming the surface workshop with the other not-for-profits, but to doing the one-on-one work with individuals, and then the process group that I started this fall, which is basically sort of a group therapy that's using movement and voice, using others in the room, and different guided processes. So that's sort of the whole journey, and I don't think it would have started if there wasn't a war in the former Yugoslavia. I don't know if I would have led down this path. It was a very organic journey to me. Valerie, did you feel that when you needed to broaden your horizons outside of movement, uh, that you had a responsibility 
to all these people that you were helping. And that's why a big responsibility. That's why you had to, to learn more about how you could help them, I guess, psychologically as well. Yeah, because the, 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 mood, the body and the mind are connected. They're not separate. And the body holds everything. I, I guess I thought it was a responsibility, but I, I wanted to understand. I wanted to learn. I always love to continue to learn, and I don't do things because I have to. I do things because I want to because there's always so much to keep, you know, learning and redefining ourselves and being curious. And it was just, I just knew that was what I was supposed to do. I feel very fortunate that I just <laughs> I go about my life and things just unfold organically, and I just know how I'm supposed to go. And when I don't know, I just be patient, and then I feel like the universe will direct me. Yep, I'm right there with you. We're on the same page. <laughs> I always say the universe will support. You just okay. got to be open to it and, and listen to it. Exactly. Uh, with, yeah. with the people that you worked with in this um, workshop, um, would you feel that most of them were dealing with trauma from their childhood? The majority? The majority? The majority, yes where it all kind of starts. Yeah, for all of us. Yep. And there could be, you know, single event traumas that happen later in life. Sure. Absolutely. But, you know, mostly it's coming from childhood. Yeah. And those single event traumas that happen later in life, usually, not always, but usually, is connected to the childhood trauma. Like, let's say, let's say you had a... Oh, well, I don't know. What is your perspective on that? My perspective is, for example, let's say you, and childhood trauma could be anything. Could be your parents splitting up. Could be you internalize something you heard. What, whatever it might be, you carry that with you into your adult life. Then you get into bad relationships. Why are you in those bad relationships? It is connected to your childhood trauma. There is a connection there. I totally get you. There, there is single incident trauma that can pop up at any time and and be very. Uh, traumatic, and you deal with PTSD and anxiety and all that. But um, I'm I'm just saying that you know there many times that there is a connection to the to yeah for the relationships without a doubt that's all connected. Yeah, that's where I was going. You know, you're you're trying to work out the relationship with your mother and father, you know, through your partners and or your employers or you know anybody around you. Um, that to me is not single incident trauma. A single incident trauma could be from a car accident, I don't know, a plane crash, sure. being a victim of rape. Like those are like more of a single incident. I should have been, I should have been clear. I was referring yeah. to traumas <laughs> later in life. The single incident are incidents. They happen. But then even the single incident traumas can layer into the preexisting trauma and play out in very sure. nuanced ways. I think we're saying the same thing that they're connected. Yeah. <laughs> you know, saying there's there's some there's a thread going. You know, from from yeah, your childhood. The unexpected threads will come up, and even yeah. if the incident that might be once in a lifetime happens, it might continue to transform what's already there in a nuanced way that doesn't allow it to release. Because basically, once these neural pathways are open in the brain from the early childhood and the traumas collect, it sort of, it it's creates more pathways. Yep. It's amazing what you're doing and how, how this is helping in terms of movement. I want to go back before we go forward here. Sure. <laughs> I gave you a lot there. I hope it wasn't too much. No, not <laughs> at all. It's crystal clear. 
I am just, I'm just wondering how you had that moment of, I guess, clarity to think that, hmm, I could bring people in from all different walks of life. Again, many women that have gone through many different things, you know, single incident traumas, whatever, crime, and, and thought that, you know, I could help them and help them heal through movement. Where did that click in your head? I think uh, it was I made that dance, and okay. the dance came out, and I was like, whoa, this is pretty big. And, I, and, and the message was that, like, it was bigger than me. It was bigger than my life experience. And I definitely have my own challenges that I'm, you know, working through, and it's what led me on the healing work as well. Mm. Um, and I just knew that that's what I was supposed to do. Okay. I, I feel like things move through me in my creative work, <laughs> and I tell my dancers this, that, like, I'm, I'm like a channel. I start something, and I, I, I think I download things from the universe. I <laughs> know that might sound a little for, funny for people. It doesn't. But, Not to me. <laughs> um, that, you know, things come out. They organize themselves in ways, or maybe I make all these different bits and pieces of movement. I'm like, I do not know where this, this piece belongs. I don't understand this piece. And that it all, like, miraculously arranges in a way that just seems like that it's meant to be. And I think it's a larger force at work. Um, well, I think, I, I, actually, I'm pretty sure that this is all happening in your world because you found your purpose. You found your calling. This just comes from within. It's not something that you try to do. It just happens for you i'm not saying it's not easy in putting these things together but you know it's a labor of love because it's coming from from within you know you yeah you found you you found what you should be doing um and it's amazing you know when we we talk about a dance troupe or a dance uh program a lot of times we don't connect that to outreach outreach programs for the community uh so you know i, I applaud you for that i think that's fantastic yeah. it's there's a lot of logistics all these things sure. a tremendous amount but when it actually happens and it's in the room and you do the work and you have the opportunity with the people it's pretty it's pretty amazing and very very fulfilling my gosh magical it's got to be magical when you yeah. <laughs> right it's and you probably every time you you do the program skimming the surface you probably have a different view you know when you you, you take a step back and say Wow, that was different than the last time, or or what people have told you from experiencing it. It just, it, it's over, ever changing. I'm sure. Yeah, it's always changing, and like the week of the workshop, I'm devising it because I like to say that I'm seeing what like spirits telling me or the universe is telling me that's needed this week. So I'm always sort of concocting different variations, and I have many, many different variations of this program. And the work just keeps getting deeper for me as I, you know, did that core energetics work, as I continue to work on myself and explore many different modalities to layer into what I do. It ke- it gets more interesting for me, more deeper for me, more deep for my participants, and just um, it's very interesting, this path that I'm taking. It's connected to my dance work, but... I've taught technique for many, many years. It's not as interesting for me anymore, but this is. Mm. Uh, I think because while teaching is fulfilling, this is way fulfilling. You know, it's a whole different thing. Uh, 
I knew what we were going to talk about, but I have to tell you, Valerie, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, and I'm so glad we did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing work that you're doing there um, in your space, the green space, and then some. If somebody wants to learn more, even wants to maybe even hop on board with you. and uh, Yes, there's actually a few more spots left in our next adult process group. So, um, yes, somebody wants to learn more, uh, www.danceentropy.org or 718-956-3037. So great talking with you today, Valerie. Learned so much. It's a cliche, but I'm going to say it. Keep up the great work because this is, you Thank are- you. You are doing great work, and I, I, I truly look forward next time we get a chance to, to dive in a little more to uh, some of the stuff that you're doing there. Well, I'm glad I got to share that because some people don't really know how I, why I do what I'm doing right now or how that started, mm. and um, it's great to be able to share what that whole journey and pathway was, so thank I've, you for asking. I found it fascinating and uh, personally fulfilling to know that this exists to help people, and again, it just goes back to what movement, what expression can do. Uh, and we need more of that. So, uh, we need more of you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the podcast business news network. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup.